0: Sometimes the truth hurts mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and sometimes facing the truth as a church is painful. The reality is it doesn't really matter what's happening around us. What's really important is what's happening in us. And then somebody says, let's all stop that. <laughs> it's not bringing any fruit. That's really painful.
1: Hello, once again, and welcome back to uh, this series of interviews exploring what is church. Uh, my name is Adrian. I'm the pastor at Gamlingate Baptist Church, and it's my awesome pleasure to join you as we journey today. We've had a series of different guests, and today I'm really excited to, to bring yet another awesome guest to discuss with us what is church. Today's guest is currently the president of the Baptist Union in Great Britain. He is the pastor at the Gate Church in Reading. He's also the founder of The Turning, uh, a man of many hats, but a massive love and passion for Jesus. It's none other than Pastor Yinka Oyakin. Hello. How are you? Hi there. I'm doing really well, Adrian. How are you? Really, really well. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Oh, no, no, thank you for
0: having me. It's a privilege to be able to share with you and your congregation, a
1: real joy. Amazing stuff. So, so before we start tackling the question, uh, the fact of the matter is we're living really strange times. We are, um, you know, in lockdown. Things have changed dramatically. How are you doing? How, how, what is life for you and your family and, and your church at this time? Well, for
0: many people, obviously, it, it, you, as you say, it's a strange time. Uh, people are trying to get used to knowing how to just be and live and do uh, their spirituality, their Christianity. Uh, people are concerned about the jobs. You know, it, it, it's it, same everywhere, isn't it? And uh, and and actually, now is now apparently easing. I mean, I went out cycling yesterday to do my bit of exercise, and I couldn't believe how many people were in town. This is. Uh, it's a, it's a very strange time
1: it really is it really is um so 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 for us during this time and part of our journey you know we've been on a journey as a church and we've been really challenged by God I believe you know from the very beginning of the year our verse for the year was you know Romans 12 1 and 2 to, to give our whole lives as a living sacrifice to God to yeah. give everything that we have as, as a living worship and, and then through that and through the the, the this year so far a strange one as it's been a real challenge in actually stepping into righteousness and holiness, you know, turning our eyes back on God, but also being reminded that the church is not the building, but in mm-hmm. fact the people. And that's led us into this series of actually asking, okay, well if it's not the building, which is maybe what traditionally we have held on to for years, um, you know, we go to church, we've we've then started exploring what is church. So to you, I bring the same question as I have others, Yinko, what is church? Well, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, so we go back to The genesis
0: of church, don't we? You know, where does it come from? It it comes from Jesus. Matthew chapter 16. You know, Jesus says this. He says, "And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Um, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." And we see that the the church, the idea of the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people. Is an idea that comes from Jesus's heart. It, it It's an institution, if you like, an organization, a living entity that Christ Himself has called forth. And so, you know, having uh, declared it out, okay, it's not just a declaration of independence from the synagogue model of spirituality that Jesus lived in. It, it, the church for me starts with Jesus. It, it, he found that He calls it together. I said, was it? At the heart of the question you're asking me, Adrian, is what what would I best describe the church as? And I know there are many pictures for describing the church, many many pictures, but the one that really resonates with me the most is not the church necessarily as a bride, and you can you have, you, know, you get this image of the bride making herself ready for the bridegroom and. Uh, yeah, you know that's all good, I and mean, it's a great picture. Um, or on an army, you know, putting on the armor of God and getting ready for a fight. Let's, you know, getting ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> that's another good picture. You know, it's it's yeah, I mean it's good. And, and there's some elements of that I, I, I might share with you in a minute. But they, for me, the most important picture, the the most amazing picture of what the church really is in essence, it's the family of God and you know this the 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 greatest revelation in scripture greatest revelation is the revelation of the love of god in jesus christ Mm. that's the that's the greatest revelation the second greatest revelation as far as i'm concerned is that by his blood i've been cleansed and now have the right to be called and to become a child of god
1: i am a child of god
0: I don't know what revelation in scripture beats
1: that. Okay, I mean (laughs) that—that's—that's massive. That's that's huge. But so so let's let's unpack that a little bit, Yinka, because, you know, I I think that I mean realistically that that definition of church being family therefore really speaks into our identity uh, and, and who we see ourselves to be. And I think identity is a massive topic that we talk about. Um, but that of being a child, um, of having a, a father in heaven is, is a difficult one for many to take on. I think, you know, we, we live in a relatively broken world. Families aren't always the greatest. And, you know, sometimes our, our pushback against that to say, it was actually, if, if church is family, I don't want it because my family is pretty rubbish. Well, and, and, I, and I get that.
0: And, and I understand that you know, we all but we all come from broken families. Uh, you tell me a perfect family. Look, let, let me take you back. Shall I take you back to Genesis? Go on, the then. Very first, the very first family was broken. You know, God had a son and his name was Adam, and he had a daughter and her name was Eve. Okay, All <laughs> right? And then the first family mess It was com- It was messed up. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Point the, taken. <laughs> the,
0: the, so the reality is, all of us come from dysfunctional families. We just some of us just manage to wing it better than others. But but in all our families, there are broken people, they're hurting people, they are dysfunctional relationships. That's the truth. And you know, the best that we can see is when Christ comes into the home and heals our hearts and heals our families. So so so, yeah, I understand if folk have had really bad experiences of family, but you know, God is a good father and He 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 identifies. He self-identifies as father. So so God, it, 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 we may have had horrible experiences, but we can all see good models of fatherhood in films, and books, and literature. We, we and Maybe some of our neighbors, we've watched them. We've seen that. So he, he's a great dad or, or she's a great mom. Mm. And we've seen parenting that's been exceptional, even if we've had a bad one ourselves. We can see what the ideal should be um, whilst, whilst we may have experienced and been the pain of not having a great great family upbringing. But here we go. He wants to include us in his family. He Mm -hmm. wants us to be part of his family. I mean, that is just so big. So, you know, I like reading about Isaiah. I love reading about Moses and Deborah, about Abigail, about Joshua, about all these amazing people in the Bible. But when it comes to the part where I read that, and you're a child of God, I sit up straight, I, you know, you know my stick his chest begins to stick out uh, you know my tummy tucks, in, you know <laughs> I, i'm child of God and uh I, he just makes me feel so so good that that he thinks about me as a son you know or you if you're a woman as a daughter and he loves you and um and you're precious to him i cannot think of any greater revelation now uh, in in the scripture to, for me
1: that beats. so that's that's Amazing. And I, and I think we definitely have to listen to that and then take that on board. But then what does that look like in, in the day to day? So, you know, right now we're in, in the middle of lockdown and, you know, churches worldwide are either meeting digitally only, virtually only, because that's the only option. Or they're now starting to ease lockdown, as you mentioned. So, you know, people we are as a church starting to think about, well, what could it look like? What How are we going to come back? Um, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for us to rethink how we gather, what we do. Um, and then we take this revelation. It's amazing when, like you say, that actually I'm a child of God. We are family. Church is family. How should that therefore then influence how we move forward enacting the body of Christ, the, the church in our day-to-day lives?
0: That's a great question. Uh, it says in Ephesians chapter two that in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. So in the lockdown, it doesn't the reality is it doesn't really matter what's happening around us. What's really important is what's happening in us. Okay. So our internal development as Christians is much more important than the external surroundings within which we have to outwork. And, um, you know, because we're attached to the because we're attached to him, you know, we bear fruit, we bear an abundance of fruit from the outwork of the Holy Spirit within us. If I don't allow the season that I'm in to help shape me, make me fit for purpose, The season i'm going into i will i won't bear the fruit or be ready to produce Mm. what i would have produced because i've not drawn the life from christ that i needed this season so you know winter time yeah trees are not growing so much there's not a lot happening you you can't but you know what there's there's life in there there's life happening there's stuff happening and then and then and then you know we come out of winter what happens move towards spring and suddenly there's a bursting of life and because the tree's ready it's done its job in the winter. It's done what it needs to do so that when, when the time comes for the leaves to start growing and and new news, new branches to uh, burst forth, that's exactly what happens. It's exciting.
1: It's extraordinary. It's amazing. So it is, and, and and I agree, but I guess my question, my, my pushback would be maybe if I'm watching this, I'd say, you know, okay, so I've, I've got preparation to do. God's got to do stuff in me, but then how does that link into this, 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 Thought of family, what what does it do? How can I be family with someone who I'm not seeing on a regular basis? How, how can I be family, um, you know, even as a child of God, being prepared, but then prepared for what? Like again, a beautiful analogy of that moment of hey, the 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 tree will burst and 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 bear fruit in you know the, the springtime or the summer after that moment of winter. But what does it? I guess what does it look like in our real day to day lives to say hey, let it work on me with the filter of family. And what are we looking to see produced in us as we're pushing into that? Well,
0: so uh, you know, a lot of us want to be a lot of us want to be busy, and, and I get that. And I think this uh, lo- this lockdown season is a really great opportunity to reflect. Mm. You know, mm. Our ancestors had time to think. They didn't have the on-demand economy, which meant that the drive for ever increasing efficiency meant you didn't have time in between in between taking a lunch break and getting you know getting right back to work you know and you know and the on-demand economy is increasing you know you order something today you expect it to arrive within half an hour from amazon otherwise you know what's going wrong with the world so that on-demand economy means that people have to work round the clock virtually and you know what the lockdown is a forced and i and i think it's, it's really good to, to take the time to meditate, someone, you know, meditate on God's word, meditate on the things he said to you in the past, of taking the time to think, of taking t- the time to understand what is going on and how God wants them to respond. I think this is a time to let God deal with what's inside. My responsibility is as a son, as a child of God, is to hear my father's instructions and to seek to do the best to get ready to implement them in my life let god readjust and reorganize and re- let god help you reassess your steps what you've been doing at the church and uh, you know if you're looking and thinking we've not been doing the right stuff we you know go on to my website how do we grow from here.com repeat that how do we grow from here.com because there's a whole bunch of activities and opportunities that we're providing to help you work through how to be church uh in this season you're in in preparation for the season to come, I, I think that would be my that would be my challenge. My challenge wouldn't be about you know what, how can we continue activity. My my real my challenge would be you know let's stop and listen because because actually we've done a lot of stuff, and and not everything has been fruitful or productive. So let God trim the branches. Let God let God deal with us in terms of internally what needs to be dealt with, and, and let's move forward.
1: That's amazing. So that I mean, that's a lot to chew on. And I guess there's there's this, I guess, underwriting tone. And, and I think many of us are probably hearing that in terms of actually, you know, asking the questions of, of how, are the things that we've done in past fruitful? And if not, do we maybe need to stop them? Um, and, and really hearing and I, and I love the fact that you're saying let's hear from God as, as individuals. But then there's also that kind of corporate actually, let's hear let's hear from God as a church. Um, and that, and that, that bit, Adrian, that, that bit, let's hear from
0: God as a church. Requires a huge amount of humility from leaders and from church members. Um, A a, a huge amount of humility because you know if I've been doing something, I'm working like a hamster in a wheel. You know, I've really been working hard, and you know, you know, you know, and please, somebody affirm that I'm working hard. Um, And then somebody says, "Let's all stop that. (laughs) It's not bearing any fruit." That's really painful. That is really, really painful. But wouldn't you rather be told the truth? About a jacket that's ill-fitting than walk around looking odd? Um, Wouldn't you, would you rather be told that the color of the lipstick you're wearing just doesn't go with your face? <laughs> you know, you know uh, In other words, sometimes the truth hurts. No. And, you know, and, and sometimes facing the truth as a church is painful. But you know what? Better to face it, get it right, and and collaborate together and hear God afresh, because we all get it wrong. You know, everybody gets it wrong. From the head of our denomination, Lynn, to whoever is the least in our denomination, we all get it wrong. You know, having the courage to say, yeah, I got it wrong. It's a lesson and leadership to reassess. And the whole church to agree, we're doing things different. If that, if that's what's needed, mm.
1: I think that's interesting. That 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 thought of actually humility. I think definitely from the leaders because oftentimes they're the ones leading things, you know, leading change or whatever it may be. But I think that that whole round, you know, kind of what you said. If if we're gonna go as a church to change, it, there has to be that humility, um, because I think if we, if you know if we're gonna take the fact that church is family as a as a foundational revelation that we want to build um, you know whatever we do whatever whoever we are however we communicate on if we want to build it on that um, my i don't know about your experience but my experience of of churches that i've been to are some pockets do family really well there's every church i've been to has has pockets of wow that was look at the look at the father figure mother figure look at the caring in that church but i think probably Maybe generalized, maybe with a paintbrush stroked at all, especially for outsiders looking in, family would not be the word that is describing that of church, um, especially not if you look different or sound different. Um, you know, if, if you fit the mold of the family that's here or there, then you're welcomed. But if you don't fit the mold, um, that is different. And I think there's a, there's a real humility in listening and a real challenge for us as a church to listen to say, actually... We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all family because of Jesus, be in, in Him and all He's done.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, a really, that's a really positive image of, of the church. And I, at best, you know, ideally, that's what we are. You know? Ideally, exactly what you're describing is what we will be. Um, I, I was thinking to one of my leaders today that I, I don't do um, cliques. I don't do cliques. What what I do is, you know, if any, if people want to be my friend, and they really want to be my friend, they're welcome. They can be my friend. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not as great socially as I imagine myself to be. <laughs> you know? I'm not I'm not this kind of like social kind of like, you know, ah, uh, you know, walks into the room and the place is electric and the light, you know, you know, that's not quite me. You know, I walk into the room, I stumble into the room, I go, oops, spilled, spilled a glass of water. <laughs> no, you know, that's more like to be me. So, but, 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 you know, if people want to be friends, if they want to engage with me and be my they're welcome, my door's always open. I, I, I would never turn anybody away who wants to. So I don't do clicks, but I do relationship with people who want to do relationship. And, and I'm more interested in that than their ministry. And I don't, you know, um, I don't really, ministry, ministry isn't what drives me, relationships are what drives me. Gifting uh, enables you to serve the church, that's it. It enables you to help the church be the best kind of church it could be. So, but pe- for me, family is the most important. So if people have got a great relationship with me and I've got a great relationship with them, and they're modeling that as best as they can across the church, then they're going to make great leaders, aren't they? If they, they, you know, if if relationships are the heart of what they want to do, it's going to be obvious. So whether they're connected to me or connected to other people in the church, if they're really just loving people, everybody can see it. They make the best leaders for the church because they love people, (laughs) you know? I mean, this is it. And Jesus loves people, you know? And it does take a while to see what motivates people because some people some people are are doing what they're doing because they're needy they need it to self-validate you know other people need me to help them that you've got to be careful about you've got to be really careful about that because if that's what's driving people they need to get healed up okay Mm. it's good what they're trying to do and help them but they need to get healed up because we do it out of love not because we've got a need um so yeah so i i think um i think you're right about you know the church should be inclusive, welcoming, encouraging of people, whatever they look like, however they sound, you know. And and that's what we've built at the gate. we built I mean it's a wild church. You
1: know,
0: we, people are all different. You look at the leadership team, you think who what? You know, how did God put those people together? You know? And it's it's wonderful because nobody feels they've got to be a type and 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 that's and that that message goes out we're not all the same mm-hmm. and that message goes out to the body and people feel they can be themselves that's so something. you get come up, some will come to church all looking gruffy and everything else think, well you know that's who they are <laughs> yeah. some will come to church prim and proper think, well that's who they are you know it's fine it's fine and your looks your demeanor your behavior your all of those things you know are irrelevant you know you are special that's
1: what That's great. And, I, and I, I couldn't agree more, but then there'll be some out there thinking, okay, well, I can, I, you know what, I can get past someone's visuals. I can get past all those things, but actually when we get to the nitty gritty, um, hey, let's talk theologically. Let's talk about things that, you know, I, I see in scripture and I read in scripture. Um, a, a tough question, perhaps, and I don't expect a full answer, but maybe an exploration of it, I guess. How, how do we love and how do we embrace family members who disagree with us fundamentally about certain things. I mean, I think we can probably most, I hope and pray, agree on, on, on Jesus and, and, you know, his, his kingship and, you know, his, the salvation that we have in him. But obviously there's a lot of issues and, and historically have caused division in the family of, of God. Um, so how do we, how would you, Yinka, uh, love someone and, and welcome them into the family, even though they disagree theologically with what you hold to be true?
0: So in the same way as I encourage people to be themselves, I also would encourage people to be true to themselves. So I don't expect my leadership team to agree with everything I say. My, even my wife doesn't agree with everything My kids take me to task whenever I come up with what I think are amazing pronouncements. <laughs> but they think it's a lot of rubbish. Um, no, I, 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 I hope I'm self-reflective enough to understand that my views, sincerely held, can also be mirrored in my brothers and sisters who also hold views, sincerely held. Now, they, they, they uh, so I, I, my leadership team are, are not picked on the basis of they agree with me theologically. My my leadership team are based on are, are picked on the basis that. Really, are spiritual. They really love Jesus. They're pursuing Him. They're consistently pursuing Him. They're living a lifestyle of sacrifice. They're living a lifestyle of serving the other. So you know, but this one disagrees with me about creation. Well, Lord, you know, please forgive him. But uh, but they're going to make a great leader. Um, the, 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 this one disagrees with me on on um, you know on on, on baptism ooh, we're going to have to really look at that. Um, you know, but on, on issues of morality, you know, um, actually, you know what? The Bible is clear on issues of morality. But there are theological questions that people genuinely have. And I think allowing them to ask those questions and allowing them to explore the answers together means that even if you disagree, if you love people and they know you love them, if the first thing they meet from you is love not judgment then they'll feel safe and i think you know so so for me the most important thing about the church is building a a family that people you know there's an uncle that's a bit weird you know <laughs> a bit weird you know thinks the most inappropriate things <laughs> and uh, and everybody goes
1: you know, keep an eye on him. Um, you know. Uncle Sal in the corner, Uncle Sal in the corner. <laughs> keep on going, keep well, on smiling. We're all this one, you know,
0: all our families are the same. And you know what? We're here to love people, not, not reject them. So we can, we can, as leaders, hold our views sincerely. And I think it's best held in a, in a manner which allows others to hold theirs and, um, and, and keep talking. Keep on
1: talking. Keep on talking. See, that's, that's key, I think, to any relationship. Uh, and I think that's possibly a really good place maybe for us to almost draw the conversation to an end. Uh, thank you so much, Yinka, for, for joining me. Um, before we, we close off entirely, would you mind praying for us uh, oh, as a church, but also just wider for anybody who might be watching this?
0: Oh, yeah. Amen. Uh, Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for your grace upon Adrian upon the church family there. I want to thank you, Lord, that you care, that you love, and that, Father, Lord, you are for them. Lord, in this season, as they explore new things, Lord, I want to thank you for bringing a fresh word from heaven, fresh manner into their midst. I want to thank you, Lord, you've called them to soar. You've called them to soar like eagles. And I see this extraordinary wind of the Holy Spirit blowing through the church. I see the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing through the congregation. I see hearts are coming alight. I see I see hearts coming alight, coming alight, coming alight with a fire burning within them. And even now across your community, God is doing a deep, deep work in people's hearts. So Father, I pray, Lord, that that work would translate into extraordinary actions that bring glory to Jesus Christ. So Father, bless the church. Bless my brother, bless
1: his family, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Yinka, thank you so much for joining us once again today, for bringing such amazing insight, challenge, and a lot of food for thought for us to all unpack. And thank you to you as well for tuning in once again and and sticking with us as we continue to explore what is church. Be sure to continue to check out all the other videos, um, share them, like them as you see fit. Um, And also we'd love to hear from you. So if you have questions, if you have comments that you want to dive into the conversation with, please do let us know, hit them up in the comments and we'll go from there because we'd love to really truly explore what is church with everybody. Until next time, stay blessed.